what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Baptist folks, listen to me. The baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire is not a Pentecostal thing, but I submit to you today, the first Baptist preached on it. And there's very little preaching going on in our churches today as it pertains to the baptism with the Holy Ghost and fire. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles, turn with me first of all to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, we're going to pick it up in verse 11. Matthew 3, beginning in verse 11. And John the Baptist said this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. I want to continue with the message we've preached now for the past couple of weeks. The preaching of John the Baptist. In the days leading up to the coming of Christ, Israel was more educated in the Word of God than they had ever been. But yet, as you read through the Gospels, you begin to see that false doctrine ruled the day. And God's answer to this false doctrine was to send a man, a preacher. And John was called of God to prepare the way of the Lord. So far, we've looked at John preaching repentance. Repent. Not repeat. Repent. That means you turn from your sin. Secondly, John said it's not enough to just repent of your sin, but you need to bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. In other words, you need to bring forth some evidence that you've repented. In other words, you need to live a godly lifestyle. If you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to get a conviction? He preached on the coming of the Lord. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached on end-time events. John the Baptist corrected false doctrine. Much of Israel of that day had the idea of national salvation. Because I'm born of Abraham, then I'm saved. And John the Baptist looked right straight at those people and said, Think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. God is able of these stones to raise up seed. 
unto Abraham. And that's exactly what God did. You and I are the stones that make up the Gentile church. Not only did John the Baptist correct false doctrine, but he pointed out those teaching the false doctrine. He called them a bunch of snakes and vipers, pointed them out. He preached that judgment was coming. He said the axe is laid at the root of the tree. And every tree that brings not forth good fruit is cast into the fire. Judgment. Now, John said, Matthew 11, no, Matthew 3, verse 11, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Water baptism. Jesus said in Matthew 28, verse 19, Matthew 28, verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the very next step you should take in your Christian walk is to be baptized in water. That's what Jesus said. He commanded the disciples to do it. Peter preached that it should be done. And after you get saved, you need to confess Christ before other people. And the greatest way to confess Christ before others after you get saved is to be baptized. Okay? What is water baptism? Brother James, do I have to be baptized to be saved? No, you do not. But I will say this. It is a commandment of the Lord that you do so. And if you love the Lord, he said, you'll keep my commandments. Hello? Okay? So... If you're physically able to be baptized, then you need to do it. There are some under the sound of my voice today, you're saved, but you've never been baptized in water. And the Lord's dealing with you, you need to be baptized. Well, what does all that mean? When you step down in that water, you are identifying with Christ. Romans chapter 6. You're baptized in Christ Jesus in the mind of God as you stand there in that water and the preacher puts you down in the water. That's a type of Jesus being buried. And all of your sins, everything you've ever done has been buried. And let me just throw this in. If it's buried, some of you need to leave your shovels at home and stop digging it up. It's been buried... And then when the person comes up out of the water, that's the resurrection of Christ. 
You are identifying with Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. When Jesus came up, he was raised by the power of God. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that has now made you spiritually alive. You are saved, born again. Now you've been raised to walk in a newness of life. That's what water baptism is all about. And again, let me encourage you today. If you're saved and you've never been baptized in water, then you need to do such. All right. John the Baptist preached on the almighty power of God. He said, Matthew 3, verse 11, He that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He was speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God. In John chapter 1, verse 27, John said that he is preferred before me. That word preferred means exist. He existed before me. In John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Talking about the almighty power of God. God is the creator. He created everything. How did he do it? Hebrews 11, verse 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3, The worlds were framed by the Word of God. There you have it. Well, you mean He just spoke the Word and worlds appeared? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. That's what the Bible says. Well, Brother James, I got a problem. Well, you just got a problem then. I just don't believe that. Well, that's your problem. You don't believe. He spoke it. The worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Look at that last little part right there. Evolutionists need to hear that. He made the sun, the moon, and the stars. There are so many stars in the universe. Psalms 147 verse 4. He telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. There are so many stars. They, they say that the Webster's Unabridged Dictionary has about 500,000 names in it. If they were to take all the stars, put them in Webster's Unabridged Dictionary there would be over 80 quadrillion books. That's 80 with 15 zeros behind it. Think of that. And God created all of those stars, and he named them. He knows them all. And that's another thing about the almighty power of God. God knows everything. He knows everything, past, present, and future. 
He knows every sparrow that falls to the ground. He knows every hair that is on your head and the like thereof. I was watching a documentary the other day talking about human DNA. So small it can only be seen up under a microscope and a very powerful one at that. In one strand of human DNA there is so much information there. And it's that DNA that which, which, which makes you up, makes you what you are. Makes you function the way that you do. There is so much information. If they were to write down all that information on a sheet of paper, it would be a stack of pages slammed to this ceiling today. That's just on one little strand of human DNA. You think of that. Glory to God. We serve a mighty God. A powerful God. This almighty, powerful God that we serve became a human being. Came down here into this world. Every temptation that Satan threw his way, he overcame. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. The first miracle that Jesus performed was turning the water into wine. What is that? It simply means that when Jesus came on that situation, and they didn't have any wine, and by the way, it was not alcoholic in nature, Jesus changed that situation. Glory to God. There are some of you listening to me right now. You're in an unfortunate situation. But if you will invite Jesus Christ into that situation, if you will invite Jesus Christ into that pain, if you'll invite him into that hurt, if you'll invite him into that that you are involved in, he can change your situation. He healed every single person that came to him. Healed them. And if he got there too late and they had died, he raised them from the dead. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The elements could not hold him back. When the disciples were out there in the middle of the night in the boat, wind contrary, water sloshing into the boat, they looked out and they seen something moving across the waters. What was it? It was Jesus walking on the water, coming to where they were. And that wind that was blowing, threatening to kill the disciples, Jesus got in the boat and he said, Peace be still. And the disciples looked at that and they said, What manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Oh, he was a man, all right, but he was more than just a man. He was the almighty power of God in the flesh. But of all the things that Jesus did, the most powerful thing he ever did was when he died on Calvary's cross. Now, I know to the world out here and to some of you listening to me today, you say, Brother James, that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard in my life. How in the round world can a man dying on a piece of wood 2,000 years ago do me any good today? It's a bunch of foolishness. Well, that's what Paul said. 1 Corinthians 1.18 
The preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. What are you saying, Brother James? I'm saying that you are going to perish if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. Colossians 2, 14 and 15. The Bible says that he blotted out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. What is that? The law. He took it out of the way. He fulfilled the law. He did for you and I what we could not do for ourselves. Blotted out the handwriting of ordinance which was against us, which was contrary to us. Took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers what is that that's satan and the kingdom of darkness he spoiled the kingdom of darkness made a show of them openly triumphing over them in it and in matthew 28 verse 18 when jesus was raised from the dead he stood before the disciples and he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. We serve a mighty God today. A God that is able to do all things. All right. Now, next. The preaching of John the Baptist. He preached on the baptism with the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, and with fire. This was John the Baptist, not John the Pentecostal. John the Baptist. Baptist folks, listen to me. The baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire is not a Pentecostal thing, but I submit to you today, the first Baptist preached on it. And there's very little preaching going on in our churches today as it pertains to the baptism with the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's the reason why our churches are dying today. Drying up, locked the doors, and dying because we're not preaching it. Much of the denominational world has rejected it. And they're dying. Those who have rejected the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire, they are no longer preaching Jesus Christ and Him crucified as the only means of salvation. And even our Pentecostal friends are getting away from it today. Opting for humanistic psychology and everything else. But this book teaches the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. And John the Baptist was the first one. John the Baptist. You Baptists need to look at it. It wasn't John the Pentecostal. It was John the Baptist. All right, let's look at it. I've run out of time. Go figure. Nothing unusual for me. That's why we have the preaching of John the Baptist 1 and 2 and 5 and 36. And <laughs> when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit when you get saved. He comes into your heart. He regenerates your spirit, makes you alive, spiritually alive unto God because the Bible says we are dead in our trespasses and sins. He makes us spiritually alive unto God. 
you're saved. Writes your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes inside of you that gets you ready for heaven. Now take that and let's set it over here. Now let's look at the baptism with the Holy Ghost and fire. What is that? That is what the Lord gives you so that you can serve Him better. What do you mean? Well, let's look at it. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus said, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Who was he talking to? He was talking to the disciples. They were already saved. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. That word, witnesses, the Greek word there is martos, where we get our English word martyr from. In other words, you will so fall in love with Jesus once you get baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, you will fall in love with Jesus so much that you're willing to tell everyone about Jesus Christ, even if it costs you your life. We're talking about power. And let me say this. When you get baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, there'll be just as much change in you after that event takes place as it was when you first got saved. What do you mean? Well, let's look at Simon Peter. Prior to him being baptized in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, we see he denied the Lord three times. He was afraid. But on the day of Pentecost, he was the one that stood up and preached to the people that day. A totally different person. Here's a man who was saved, but after he got baptized in the Holy Ghost, we see a boldness there. And the baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire will give you a boldness for Christ like you've never had before. Let me ask you this. Have you received the baptism in the Holy Ghost since you believed? I'm asking you a biblical question. Diane, if you will, put it up on the screen. Acts 19, verses 1 through 6. You need to write that passage down along with all the other passages you're writing down. Write it down. Look at it. It came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not even so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, What were ye baptized? And they said, John's baptism. And Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, that is, on Jesus Christ. And when they heard this, they were baptized, water baptism, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them. They spake with tongues and prophesied what is all of that here we have a group of people who were saved but had not been baptized in the holy ghost and fire you say well brother james i believe when you get saved you get it all do what if god gave you everything he's got for you he'd have to kill you 
You can't handle everything God's got for you. But I will say this about it. In order to receive this of which I speak, all you got to do is ask for it. All you got to do is ask for it. Luke 11, verses 9 through 13. Jesus said, I say unto you, ask and you shall, it shall be given unto you. Seek, you shall find not, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth. He that seeketh findeth, and unto him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? If you don't have it, it's because you've not asked for it. I'm going to end this message today with this question. I'm going to leave the ball in your court. You do with it as you see fit. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 